Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your girl, Mitzi, and this is Mitzi. Let's think about it. Today, we are thinking about wholeness. And that's something to really think about because you think about this within yourself. You know, you don't really talk about this with other people because this is like a big, like, red flag to people that don't think about this because it's like, are you telling me something different? You know, it, it really makes you seem crazy. So thankfully for me, I found someone that knows that I'm not crazy, <laughs> Janet, and she will be helping us really think about this topic in a different perspective so that we can really think about ourselves in a different perspective as well. Thank you so much again for coming on my show. I'm really excited to have you. And I guess to just dive right in, what made you realize that you needed to become whole within yourself? such a big question Mitzi and thank you for the opportunity to share this a little bit with your audience um do you remember how old you were when you realized that everybody wasn't like you yes so for me it happened really early on of course because I have an obvious difference having a birthmark on my face so I grew up really fast because I, my parents always said to me, I was one and the same, but the first day of kindergarten, I learned that was not the case. So I think everybody has a moment in their lives that they, they kind of stand up and put their feet underneath them and have a stiff back and say, on my terms, that's how I'm going to live my life. Yeah. And we say it, and then we fall back into what does everybody else want from us? And we meet expectations and we maybe get a little disappointed and we're like, wait, wait, on my terms. I I remember as a young teenager, my mother gave me what in some cultures would be called a hope chest, although it wasn't about putting things in it for when I got married. Instead, she had antiqued it. And on the outside, she wrote the phrase, to thine own self be true. And it was a really pivotal moment for me to realize If I could live that mantra every day, I would always know in my heart of hearts that I was whole, no matter what happened, what context I was in, what tragedy was happening in my life, what difficulty or challenge I was navigating, if I just took a breath and let myself settle back into my body, I could remember to thine own self be true. And if I did that, I'd stay whole. And I think that's the roots of the body of work I've been doing now for 30 years in the world. Yeah, I could imagine. And it's a great way to put it because sometimes we, once we finally stand up for ourselves, we do get that realization. And it, it just sucks that it takes time. You know, some, some people it takes a lot longer than others, depending on the environment and your surrounding, the culture, whatever you want to label it, that's, it's keeping you from feeling who you should be as, as a whole, as an individual then it's it's going to take some time. And it sounds like, I mean, go ahead. Well, like so, so oh, I want to just give you a little bit of a turn the dial five degrees. It's not that it takes time. It's continuous. You know, we're social animals by nature, right? We, we require connection. Um, I, I was at a conference last week and people were saying, oh, I'm finally getting my HDD address. And at first I kind of went, huh? hug deficit disorder because we haven't been around each other physically. In fact, this group of people, 60,000 coaches around the world haven't been together since 2019. So it's been four years. And so 
hug deficit disorder. That's exactly right. As humans, we want that physical connection with each other. We want, want to be in each other's space, whether we're touching or not. And I think the same thing is true about wholeness. We are already whole, resourceful, capable, and creative. We come into bodies already possessing everything necessary to be awesome. As you and I were talking about parenting, right? Your kids have everything they need to be successful in the world, but they're going to hang out with you for a while, <laughs> you yeah. know, 16, 17, 18 years before they make their own way in the world. But they will always be your children and they will always have the DNA they came in with. So if we're already whole, then what are you and I talking about? What I'm saying to you is that it's not that it takes time. It's that we're always in the process of cultivating, curating, harvesting, owning, claiming, declaring. Okay, I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. And then we take the next risk and we stretch ourselves into something else. Ah, I'm remembering I'm whole. I can do this too. I'm, I Something's familiar here. I know what the next step is. We can get dissuade by thinking that it's too big. I've stretched too big. I've reached too high. You know, we, we have people in our lives that say, oh, it's okay. Don't stretch so much. Yeah. You have the wholeness to do it. So it's not so much time as much as the choices that we make to accept that we have an inner authority that can choose moment to moment to moment, no matter yes. what. Yeah. I, thank you for that. Thank you for that correction because it did um, shift my perspective because it's, it is continuous, you know, it's a daily process. And I guess it's your perception if you see it as time or if you see it as a daily process and it's it's basically a daily process because we live every single day and what we choose to do in that day and what we choose to think and operate in that day depends on us you know so yeah that that makes that makes perfect sense wow so I guess what what made you go into coaching you know you found your wholeness you got into you you could have got into anything you know what I mean but what made you get into coaching and share this story and just help other people find they're back they're sent to themselves back to who they are originally um you know life is never as we plan it there's always going to be the serendipity thing that shows up um i was 12 years into my career at a financial services company and uh landed a huge change project 6000 people's lives were going to be altered in a very dramatic way they'd all been hired to be customer service agents they were being asked to learn sales and they would be selling financial planning. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was very much, I'm, I'm very much the renegade and the adventurer. So I often ended with these kind ended up with these kinds of projects. And at the time, this is the early nineties, coaching was beginning to emerge as the thing um, different from other human development modalities. And I was in San Francisco, uh, California and so I tapped a couple of colleagues and I said, look, we have two big problems to solve. It's important that the people who are in our branch offices, receptionists and agents who are taking in money and securities and giving them out, be able to be sitting side by side with senior and executive vice presidents as we redesign the customer experience. I have to find a way to level the power dynamics so they can be debating ideas as we redesign, but not take it personal or get caught up in trying to prove something, competing in some way. Yeah. The second problem we had to solve was the change resistance, because of course all these people 
could have been feeling like I'm out of a job as opposed to the organizations committed to ensuring that you're successful in whatever choice you make. So we took a coaching approach and um, what we would today call team coaching is what we did. And I fell in love because we were under budget. We did it in less time than they gave us to do it. We had an 85% retention goal and we kept 96% of the workforce. And 40% of those people were asked to move from their local hometown to a place where we set up a regional call center because they wanted to stay in the customer service role. I was astounded. Like this was amazing. And the joy that people had in participating in this change process, I'd never seen in all of my career there. And so when I got all done and we we took another couple of years to get it all throughout our HR systems, I went into my boss's office one day and said, okay, it's time I become an entrepreneur. I'm going to go do this at other companies. And that was in 1996. And I've never looked back. That's exactly what I've done. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess you, you figured out a formula that, that was able to work through the whole entire company. And you were like, you know what? I got to do this. You can, I, I can help more people. I could help change just by a little bit at a time, one company at a time. You weren't trying to conquer the world, but you were most definitely trying to help the area that you were surrounding. And that's a big, that's a big impact. That's, that's a big, big, a big step. Was it scary at first? Because I could only imagine like oh, the doubt, you know, I mean, what did you tell, I mean, how well, did you handle that doubt? <laughs> so I decided that I would take a year off and go do my master's. And in organization development, which was had always been a passion of mine and HR management. And I got about four months into the program and thought, I've already done this. I've done this on the job. This is kind of boring to me. I'm not, theory is okay. I, people will call me academic from time to time because I do read a lot. But that's not what gets me excited. What gets me excited is being with people and seeing the best in them emerge. So, um, my phone was ringing and people knew that I had left the organization and I was out on my own. And six months in, I was already uh, booking 18 days of work a month, which is way too much. Like there was just no way I could do all the work that was coming my way. So then I took on a partner and then I took on another partner and then I took on another partner. And for the next six years, I traveled on airplanes all over the world and doing this work. And I wow. thought to myself, you know what? we're onto something. There is, there is a hunger inside of organizations that people want to be able to be more of themselves and yeah. leaders and managers don't really know how to do this. And we're getting better, but there's a whole new frontier now, right? As technology continues yeah. to um, create opportunity for mundane tasks to be taken away, the space that's left is relationships. And lots of people, if we're not standing, if we don't believe in our own wholeness, we're trying to prove ourselves. Yeah. It doesn't work, right? It doesn't work. So the word I use for this is to live a sovereign life. Sovereign meaning self-ruling. Think about the mm -hmm. butterfly, right? The king and queen within that, that we all have an inner authority. We don't often pause enough, frequent enough to listen to it. What is my heart saying? What is my gut saying? What's my soul saying to me? That is the thing for me, the people to be with, the places to show up in, the work I want to contribute. And if we can learn to listen a little more carefully inside, to be curious interiorly and trust the vulnerability that that takes, right? Yeah, you've achieved what you've achieved, but the next thing you want, 
that lives in what's not yet known. And that's the joy of wholeness. We can trust ourselves to go towards it. Mm, and do you think that's the one of the hardest parts when people are trying to do this self-healing and self this journey that they say? And it, I feel like it's that trusting part. I mean, but, but for you and your experience, because you've been obviously doing this for many years and all over the world, but what, what was the biggest resistance that you came across when you were trying to help others? Yeah. I think one of the things that was super important for me to learn is that everybody is already whole, resourceful, capable, yeah. right? That uh -huh. there wasn't anything that I was going to be able to tell them. There's no, you know, magic story. There's no golden thread. I might, I might say something and one of your listeners is going to go, oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. The only reason your listener can hear it is because they're ready for it, right? They've made a decision that they're available and open for it. So I've learned over the years how to create the environment, the, the trust and safety for someone to dream again, to mm -hmm. have an aspiration for something, to recognize all of who they've become in their lives, to inventory those strengths and to remember those are the shoulders they're standing on to the next thing that they want. And we don't pause enough, right? We're always chasing the next dream, but sometimes yeah. standing still is the place to hear ourselves and go, you know what? I've got this and take the next step. So self-trust is cultivated and it requires quieting enough to claim it inside of ourselves and then choose to deploy it. Yeah, I like your response. It does, I mean, goodness, you literally are having me think over here, like, you know what? I feel like we make it more complicated than what it is. We truly do. I mean, half of the time we're already doing it but it's that, it's that not knowing, you yeah. know what I mean? It's it's like how you said in, in earlier, how that not knowing brings out the vulnerability and brings out everything else. And then you forget that you're whole already and that you could already do it because you already thought about it and you already, you already pre-manifested it. But now that it's at the moment, now you're backing away, you know? And, and I feel like a lot of people are doing that. And the fact that you remind them of that however you're only altering the environment just speaks volumes that that your environment impacts what's going on in your mind impacts how you see yourself impacts who you are as an individual you know and I, and I guess it makes sense why so many people move out of small towns and go to big cities and big cities go to small towns and vice versa and in states go out you know what I mean everyone tries to leave where they're originally at because they feel that they're they can't grow you know in the environment that they're in so that that really makes me me wonder like this is a, this is an issue overall around the world like this is a worldwide issue that humanity is dealing with I feel that if more people understood this concept of already being whole and already having this wholeness within you, then you can, you can, there's nothing that's limitless because limitless is literally comes from your own mind and your own perception of what you can put in front of you to stop you from achieving what you ultimately want. Goodness. It's like a circle. 
Oh my goodness. This is, that's how, oh, that's how I'm seeing it. Am I right though? Is that how it is? It's such a joy to watch you get excited and to hear this. You know, I, it is a circle. So if I were to draw it, fullness is at the top, curiosity, vulnerability, resourcefulness, self-trust, wholeness. And that that's a cycle we're always in, right? What is it that I'm aspiring to do? What's the dream I want to follow? That's the beginning of the curiosity. And then to have the vulnerability to say, who am I? Who have I become? What do I have available? How? What do I need next? Ah, resourcefulness. I can go be a learner. And as I learn and then I start to apply, I start to feel confidence. I have some self-trust and I'm back in my wholeness again. And that's an ongoing process. And it's always available to us we just sometimes forget you know the world is the world has a lot of pressure on us and i think we do make it complicated to buy ourselves some time right complication is our excuse and right the antidote is to pause to pause because it gives us more time than it takes to collect ourselves and to remember and Hmm. you know i i think so you said humanity. I'm like, you gave me goosebumps when you were talking about that because the, the non-negotiable that I have in my life is human dignity. I think every human is incarnated in a body to contribute to the human family, but we don't treat each other that way. We don't. And, you know, before I take my last breath, uh, my intention is to endow enough wealth to bring dignity as a mission of the UN. And that we really start to think about how do we take care of ourselves? Because we don't do a very good job. And I think it has to do with not believing in our wholeness. Exactly. And then it comes, and once you feel like you don't believe in your wholeness, you feel feel like you have the superior complex. And then once you feel like that, then you feel that power and 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 pressure yeah and that repression and and then you go towards the negative spectrum where you're doing things that aren't necessary you know Mm -hmm. what i mean you you go into a direction that's more destructive and then you are just dragging along anybody and everybody that touches your path and instead of just stopping like you said and just taking that moment of pause like when you said that concept of just stopping and pausing and then you have more time I was just like how do you have more time if I'm stressing about not having enough time but then I'm like okay if I actually rationalize and think about my situation as a whole as a a bigger part or as a smaller part depending on what the situation is then you realize like, you know what, I do have more time because usually you have to ask yourself major questions like, is it necessary? Can I do anything about it right now? Or, you know what I mean? You have to ask those your those big questions to really come to your senses, you yeah. know? And do you just remind people like, okay, ask these questions. Like, do you have a, like a top 10 <laughs> or top five questions that you ask? <laughs> I don't. Every, every human oh. being is unique. Um, I do think there's always a question of, you know, what are you forgetting about yourself? That by pausing for a moment to remember, you'll find the resource that you think is missing. And then it's about staying quiet and leaving the space for someone to say, well, you know, it occurs to me. (laughs) And in that moment, they've become self-curious. And then I might ask the question, what had you forget? Yeah. What's happening in your life? What have you set up as a structure that has you disconnect from what you know your innate capability and creativity is? That's the vulnerability step. And then 
as we're looking at the particular situation. All right. So what's around you right now that you could put in place to help you stay connected to the resource you just identified? What will make you trustworthy? Now, life is all about requests and promises, even the ones that we request of ourselves and promise to fulfill or with other people. It doesn't matter. Everything is a request and a promise. So how do I become trustworthy to my own promises to me? I don't have anybody to look at except me when I look at how I'm spending my time. If I decide that I'm going to go take care of um, the food bank because I volunteer there every week, and that's the hour when I have an opportunity to be interviewed by Mitzi on her podcast, I have to make a choice. Which thing am I going to do? Well, the truth is it's all negotiable. I could call you or I could call the food bank and decide how to create a schedule that fits both of them because they're both important to me, right? It's not a trade-off. It's not a duality. I'm yes. in my body. I am whole in my body. Every choice fits into the whole. It always does. It's up to okay. us to make those choices consciously. Yes. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying this conversation because that has been on my mind for the last month or so because I constantly feel like every time I finally get something into my daily routine that I lacked before that I know I needed something else gets kicked out and I'm just like Mitzi why can't I handle more things you know what I mean like I'm constantly just giving myself a certain limit and I'm just like no I know I can do more I know I can I know what I'm actually capable of you know I'm not I'm not stuck by certain days and certain this and certain hours like I know I can do it but for some reason I feel the need to just only doing three out of the four or three or two out of the five that I wanted to do. And it's frustrating to me, but after hearing what you said, it's like, Oh, it is my choices and something and like my intuition inside kept on telling me that and it's all about consistency. And, and once you are consistent, then it's, it's, it's like you, you don't even have to think about it. You know what I mean? It's not like a force. It's not like I'm forcing myself to do something. And I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Is it consistent? I, I, I want to give you consistency is, is useful. No question about it. It's how okay. we build muscles for um, habits and preferences that we find useful, but there's a predicate step to it. So um, one of the things that I work with people a lot on is the tension we feel in our lives. And you didn't use these words, but I'm going to give you an example from what you just said to me. You have a high expectation on yourself to live into all of your capability. And you've translated that high expectation into a lot of stuff you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you said you hit it on the nail. You got it. <laughs> all right. The tension that that's living with is what I call intention, intention and expectation. Intention, okay. in my way of thinking, is all about the experience you desire. Now, mm -hmm. make that the inspired experience you desire, that you emotionally feel and physically sense is enlivening and activating for you. And when you can declare that intention in the present tense and in the I voice, as if it's already occurring, you're essentially tuning your body to make different choices. You're no longer struck by the expectation of something that's not yet manifest, which you're chasing like a revolving door that you can never get out of. Instead, oh, the, exactly, but instead the intention I don't know what it might be for you, but just in my short experience of you this morning, I would say to you, Mitzi, you might say something like, 
I experience joy in every choice and make the best contribution my soul came here to provide. That might be your intention statement. So now you could look at every choice you make throughout the day. This is where the consistency comes in and say, does it fit with that intention or not? When it fits with that intention, you have the experience you want. That's the only expectation to live up to is that you have joy and you're contributing in the way your soul came here to do. Wow. Ah, oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you. When you put it like that, it really does make a difference because when I think about the experience, it does motivate me to do it versus checking it off of a list, you know, and I kind of had to get rid of my checklist because it was driving <laughs> me crazy. To be honest, I haven't used a checklist in over two weeks because I'm telling myself, I don't need it. I'll be okay. It's not about a list, you know, so I'm trying to live more in the moment, you know, and I know there's other people that's listening and that's in the same shoes that I am and trying to figure this out. And so I truly thank you for giving us great, great information. You really brought a lot to the table. So I appreciate that. But what could be some lasting words or just the last tip that you can leave my audience off with so that they can truly think about this in a different perspective, even though you really already gave us some great, great, <laughs> great, great, great stuff so that we can think about this. But what could be some lasting words? You know, I think one of the skills we undervalue in ourselves as human beings is the is the skill of noticing. There's a wonderful old Scottish uh, psychologist who says, um, we notice what we fail to notice. That we fail to notice what we fail to notice means that we fail to notice what we can change. So all to the story is noticing. If we were better observers of our life experience, moment to moment, day to day, and which things in my experience catch my attention? Do I notice my crying child? Or do I notice the smile on my face when I hear my crying child? Do I notice the person who cut me off in traffic or do I notice my ability to give a blessing because they clearly need something to go faster than I'm available to go and allow people to have the life they have. We can't control those things. We can control our own experience, but we can't do that if we're not paying attention. So we need to learn to notice what catches our attention and then where from within ourselves does something rise up and say, I want to make a different choice. That listening interiorly is how we live a sovereign life. Wow. Thank you so much, Janet. This has really been great, great information. You really did make me think about this. I don't think somebody has made me think this much on my show for a while. So I really do appreciate it. you topped the bar right there. You really did. So I appreciate this. And if anybody wants to know more about Janet, I have her lovely photo on my website with a link to hers so that you can, you know, think about this some more because I'm pretty sure if you're listening to today's episode, you really are curious to figure out what was that missing, you know, perspective or shift or idea or situation in your own life because it was for me without me even realizing it. I thought I was good. You know what I mean? I was like, yes, I'm home. You are. This is going to be you an are. easy conversation. You are good. <laughs> yeah I know you're right I am whole but I thought it was going to be different you know I had a whole bunch of questions here but it, I didn't even go off of the questions because it, it was just so instinctual you know what I mean and it just felt so right to ask the ones that I did so 
I really do feel like this is going to be helpful for somebody out there that's listening. So I do thank you for your time again. And that's it, y'all. Always, always, always. Bye.